This is a pre-recorded version of the WTKA Roundtable <laughs> on WTKA, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is recorded, however, so if you call in, no one will answer. We are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTK.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Iroh Weintraub on the other side. And uh, the uh, the roundtable crew, the MGO Blog roundtable crew, uh, we wanted to make sure that we got a show in to send off the holiday, to send the show into the holiday season. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that I was back for that as it, it, it's been uh, a different week, a different signing day week. I want to, uh, again, every segment, kind of share my gratitude to all of those who have sent well wishes and prayers um, to those who are just joining us. Uh, you know, the the latest with, with my brother, I want to uh, always be careful not to share too much of his, uh, you know, of his business, but he uh, is still <laughs> on a ventilator, still unresponsive, uh, but they are not. They did not express a greater level of concern due to that. Uh, they said some people just take a longer time to come out of heavy sedation. So that's kind of where we are right now, looking to uh, hopefully have today be the day where he wakes up and then they can take him off the ventilator. And the next phase of recovery, which will be much longer, uh, can can begin. So your well wishes and prayers are very well received. And you might, for those who are watching in the stream, you might see me repping Flint today. Uh, because I got it, all the people, uh, not, and I'm beyond family, because family you expect it, but all the people at Genesis Health System, all the people back home who have really, really stepped up in a big way. I just want to send a big shout out to those people who just felt fitting to do something to uh, send a shout out to the folks back home. So there's why I'm all Flint out today is because of that. So with that, let me welcome in the Roundtable crew. Uh, no Brian Cook today. He's under the weather. So feel better, Brian. Uh, but let's start off first with the man to my right on the screen is uh, Craig Ross. Craig, how you doing this morning? I, I'm uh, predictably pedestrian. I'm not shockingly well like John. Uh, <laughs> and Or I might be uh, oxymoronish uh, ordinary. One of the two. Uh, but okay. <laughs> All right. And, By the way, uh, that's a man with too much education. Clearly, that's <laughs> and then we have Seth Fisher. Seth, how are you this morning? I, don't know, I would adverb that, I, uh, Craig. I would make it uh, oxymoronically. You can actually do that with. Uh, Is that a real best. word? Yes, totally. I'll, you know, you know what? I don't go blog. We just make our words up. We use the contraction systems that you know people uh -huh. already know and understand, and just keep on going, which is how language works anyway. So anyway, here I am. Hi guys. I'm not wearing a funny T-shirt. I know we got uh, Craig in his CCCP jersey on, which a lot of Detroiters have that jersey, but you're the only one I think who has it because of communism, not because of the hockey. 
<laughs> hey, the Red Army hockey team was a great team, and they they were fun to watch. And we beat them. Uh, I have I have argued, by the way, that is the greatest team in '79 ever assembled. The one that the USA yeah. beat. Yeah. Um, I, was and and the NHL guys will tell you that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they smoked the NHL All Stars six nothing at the Madison Square Garden. Uh, US, you know, NHL rinks, NHL refs, NHL rules, and with a backup goalie, Mishkin, in there. But hey, your goalie right there, number twenty. I know who that is. That's Vladislav Tretiak. That yes. painting behind me, by the way, is an original painting of him getting beat by Pete Mahovlich in game two. Yeah. Uh, it's all good. Thank look, you for that. Look what we did. We got bacon talk in 1970s <laughs> hockey. Look what you've done, Craig. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a vortex that you can't get out of. So. <laughs> Raise the guy and kick, kick him in the junk all in the same segment. Right there, right? Uh, John Bacon, you just heard that voice. I don't even, he doesn't even need introduction. I'm just, uh, I'm just happy that you found your way onto the stream here, Bakes. We were a little worried there for a second. Well, we needed uh, Wally Pip, you know, to go to the locker room for the day. And that's Brian Cook. Look that one up, kids. Uh, I could be, I could be Lou Gehrig. We don't know yet. Not, not very likely, but uh, yes, I am shockingly well. What other show takes five minutes for three guys to say I'm fine. There you go. <laughs> hey, introductions. You you you'll learn about the roundtable. Introductions are a major part of the show. Oh, dude, I'm a, I'm an avid listener. Trust me, I'm a groupie of this thing. It's pathetic. Is, the the Craig Ross soliloquy uh, is something that people tune in for. Uh, trust uh, me, I've heard this. So, uh, but fellas, uh, so much this week. Mm. You got signing day. You got transfer portal. You got uh, bidding wars. Open bidding wars on signing day. And then you also have the NCAA with this with this uh, news yesterday that Michigan has received its notice of allegations uh, for COVID gate. Uh, you got to call the you got different gates, Bakes, that we got to focus on. So COVID gate, they finally got the notice of allegations for COVID gate, and still waiting on the notice of allegations for sign gate. Dude, the NCAA. When you think they can't embarrass themselves further, proves you wrong repeatedly. <laughs> and it's it's still about a cheeseburger, uh, ultimately. <clears throat> when they said, you know, they came out and broke their own rules, of course, on this and uh, their own gag order on themselves and said, no, no, it's not about cheeseburgers. That was a few months ago. You're right. It's about four cheeseburgers because all everything you described here is a level two violation. By your own def- definition, these are all equal and it's the equal of the equivalence of a cheeseburger. So... All right, did Jim Harbaugh lie about that or not? Good luck proving that one with the other. Did you know or not know is the question, basically, uh, if it's a violation. And, you know, you got guys getting in Lamborghinis elsewhere, totally legal. And uh, the NCAA is making a very good pitch for its own, irrele- its own irrelevance right now, in my opinion. I, I um, couldn't agree more with you, John. The, um, it's it's somewhat mind, mind-boggling. They've tried to leverage uh, – uh, some illegal cheeseburgers into a level one violation because Harbaugh misled them or about illegal cheeseburgers. I mean, that's an absurdity from the top. I mean, they should, they, what they should have done if they had any conscience, if they had any sense of ethics, if they had any sense of anything, the first thing they would have done was just say, okay, we suspended you three games for nothing, or you suspended yourself for three games for basically nothing. It's enough. And everyone has said, oh, okay, maybe there, there is something there. 
but now we know there's there's nothing there whatsoever. Uh, it, so. it is truly a nothing burger. There, <laughs> yeah, there you it's go. Sitting right there. Right. <laughs> so it 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 didn't do anything. I don't know if you have any any comments on we we kind of talked uh, COVID gate to death, Seth. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it was it was a news uh, drop. Oh, well, it was the timing. It was the timing, right? Yeah. It's it's all so it's the I think the NCAA is trying to send a message because it's signing day and people are out there and you know you got Jeremiah Smith, the top recruit in the country, saying that Florida schools are throwing all kinds of money at him. And congratulations to Jeremiah Smith, who in the end decided he doesn't want the money. He's going to go to Ohio State, who didn't offer him anything, who didn't have a single <laughs> penny. To induce him to sign with Ohio State. And those Florida schools, they were trying. They were trying. And the NCAA wanted to tell those Florida schools, look, we don't do things like that. Look at Michigan. They bought a cheeseburger. You buy a cheeseburger for a guy to induce him to come to your school, we are going to come and get you. If you obfuscate about the cheeseburger, we are going to give you a level one violation and a show cause. We are serious about inducements here. Congratulations to Ohio State who got their guy and didn't have to give him a penny. Way to go. You're right. It's great stuff, Seth. I mean, <laughs> you know, you've had these instances where guys kind of tell you exactly what's going on. Jeremiah Smith, what, didn't he say, was it Florida State? I think he might have said Miami's throwing all this I money. He, I think he said the Florida schools are throwing all kinds of money. Florida schools yeah. are throwing all this money. Yeah. You remember when Davidson Igmanosin, when he, when he signed uh, with Ohio State, mm -hmm. the transfer from Ole Miss, he said, I, I, I think he said something like, I got to take care of my, my mother. But we had Will Johnson on. <laughs> a, a couple of weeks ago, and he said, "Oh yeah, he took the money. <laughs> he took the money to go to Ohio State." Of course, I just well, my quote, which is legal, which quote. is legal. You can take the money if it's nil money, but yeah. they they just don't want it to be inducements because the you have to understand the difference is that an inducement is is money that Michigan gives you, and an nil is money that anybody but Michigan gives you. Do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. okay. Cheeseburger, Lamborghini. <laughs> it's, right. It's right. all about inducements, and they wrote the rules. Serious. I mean, they are serious about this, guys. So, <laughs> the, the, I get. It. I got you. I'm picking up what you put down. There you go. Yeah. All these distinctions without differences that they try to make us see, uh, but aren't really there. Yeah. So, listen, man. It. This is why I think if you are, if you are a recruiting fan which most of the people who are watching, you know, you watch the round table or you are with us on the Michigan Insider. A lot of recruiting fans are watching. You're wondering how Michigan is going to, to continue to compete at this level, given everything that's going on around them, and they are going to participate in that. And this is where development comes in, scouting and development comes in, and this is where the portal comes in. And for for everything that you say about the, the number of five stars, they aren't getting – they are – Make getting difference makers in the portal, Seth uh, Bakes and mm -hmm. and Craig, uh, and I think they they got their biggest one to date uh, in the kid from from Maryland, Jay Sean Barham. Oh, yeah. I think he's absolute. Oh yeah, he was a high yeah. he was a high end recruit, and then as a freshman, he was one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten as a true freshman. And that is a hard position to play, and it's a hard position the way that Maryland plays. Um, we were super impressed by him. And then his, uh, his pro football focus score came way down this year because they didn't like his coverage. And as someone who grades linebacker coverage, I can tell you that is absolutely meaningless. 
Because I, <laughs> I, I, I know coverages, and you have to know exactly what coverage it is. You have to know when they're switching, why they're switching, who they're attacking, how they're attacking. Junior Colson has been coming out with terrible grades for me for years, and he's still like one of the best um, coverage guys on PFF. I, I, it's it's way too hard to grade. So I'm not worried about the the low score this year. I think that Merrill, he was covering for a lot of other guys. I think the guy he was playing next to was one of the worst linebackers in the in the Big Ten, Ruben Hippolyte. So they had him covering Donovan Edwards in man, and that was one of the problems that Michigan was having against Maryland. Normally they use a safety. And when they use a safety, that means our tight end gets a matchup that we like. So that's how Michigan's kind of been using Donovan Edwards this year. And they're like, oh, we're just going to put Barham on it. And we go, oh, no. <laughs> right? They just they, they, they canceled him with a linebacker. So that's the kind of talent we're talking about. He's already played two years in the Big Ten. He knows everybody. He scouted everybody. This is a great pickup. Yeah, I think that that, that is the pivot that I've seen, the, the most meaningful pivot that I've seen, Bakes, is that they are finding they are finding guys that aren't just contributors in the portal, but they come in and they start and they 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 come in and Oluwolu with teamy type guys, right? It's it you can if you can do that, if you can get difference makers in the portal, it's easier to project their impact than it is the recruits. Well, it's like a you know, an NFL or major league baseball team that's two or three players away from a title run. That's where Michigan tends to be these days. And you add two or three guys who plug in right away who end up being all Big Ten or even all American sometimes, but all Big Ten, usually it seems like. And that's a very good formula. And you said earlier in the show today, uh, Sam, and I agree with it. You know, okay, Jaden's a four star, five star. I guarantee you, the Michigan coaches do not give a you know what <laughs> over the, the four or five stars. They know what they need, they know what they like, they know what they can work with. And I recall last year in the Michigan Ohio State game, Ohio State had 14 five-star players in the field, and Michigan had four. And I believe 14 is more. Even my math can handle that. Who played better? What team do you want to play on? If you're if you're a transfer portal guy, where do you want to go? And it shows that some old-school principles are not yet dead, so you don't have to get off my lawn quite yet. You see Jimbo Fisher down at Texas A&M, all the money in the world, and it fails miserably. That's glorious. That, that's like seeing the Yankees lose. You, you can't get enough of that. Um, and then you see what? You see Michigan – Three times in a row, they can have all the excuses they want. The excuses have stopped, I've noticed. Um, but what do they do? They take, on paper, according to Street and Smith or whatever, less talent. They coach them up. They get them together. And they get all the intangibles going for them. One guy in the transfer portal tells you a lot about the culture they've created down at, at Chimekler Hall. And they're a better team. So they get there the way they want to get there. But they get there in part because Michigan now, I think, knows its strike zone better than just about any team out there. They know exactly what they want, what they need, who's going to work at Michigan, not just at Schenbeckler Hall, but on campus and so on, and who's not. And they're getting those guys consistently. This is one of the best bunch of guys I've ever seen assembled in one place. Forget the forget the talent. And that matters. It actually matters. Yeah, it, it does. I, I don't know. No. I don't know where you are on it, on it, Craig, mm -hmm. but yeah. I, I think that this is a, this is sustainable. I think, I mean, at least until we figure out, they figure out how to better balance this equation uh, as far as the the pay for play, because that's what it is. We see pay for play going on. So they figure out a way to to bring some order to the chaos. I think Michigan has found a, a sustainable way here to continue to compete at the highest level. 
Well, it sure seems that way. I mean, Michigan's recruiting class this year will be somewhere between 18 and 20, which on, on some sense you go, oh, you know, here's one of the best teams in the country. At worst, probably one of the best four teams in the country. But worst case, maybe the best team in the country. And they're recruiting at the at the 18 to 20 level. And, and you're doing it at a school that also is a good academic school, better than the competition by and large. And, and, and so uh, I understand why well, I get emails from fans where, where there's, you know, and friends saying the sky is falling, uh, that our recruiting class is just terrible. And I said, well, wait a minute. Uh, you know, I, I used to look at recruiting films on kids that Michigan was, was interested in or was it or where the kids were interested in Michigan. I don't do it anymore. I occasionally will look at, at, at tape once a kid is committed. And like, if you may recall last year, Sam, when Michigan uh, recruited Ben Hall and oh, he's, he's nothing. No, I watched Ben Hall's tape. Ben Hall was the, was, you know, was, was a real deal. And uh, this year I watched Samaj Morgan. And he was like a three star because he was, quote, too small. Well, watch his tape. I don't care how small he is. The guy can play. And what Michigan has done, and I'd say the same thing is true this year for Michael Kaapana. I assume that's how that's pronounced because it sounds whole. What? <laughs> Kapana. I, you sure that's how he pronounces it? Because it's Hawaiian. I know. I uh, well, I I don't know. I I went yesterday yeah. uh, before yeah. our show. I went yeah. and like looked at video from like the hometown of every one of these players to yeah. try to like get the hometown announcer to say the name. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's and that one was they were one saying. of the, that was the the only one that I had a trouble with was uh was Sprague who Sprague oh. Sprague Sprague people keep on saying yeah. it differently and I still have not figured uh, that one out. Okay. Well, in <laughs> any event, I, I mean, what Michigan is doing is they're looking for kids with ceilings. And hmm. and if you look at a guy like Kapana or Kapana, he he, you can't look at that kid and say that there isn't a super high ceiling there, and and it's the same for for Jaden Davis. People say, oh, he's too small, he's not mobile enough. Well, look at his tape. He completes pass after pass after pass. And when I look at his tape, I see Drew Brees at least as a, as I was going to go right there. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, I mean to that's me, cool. that's who he reminds me of. And Brees wasn't you know, you know, coming out of high school, wasn't considered a superstar. He was good. And, and he's, he's from Austin and Texas blew him off for yeah, Purdue. That's right. worth noting. Yeah. And, and when I look at Jaden Davis, I see Drew Brees and on my limited ability to look. So I'm not so concerned about what, you know, the recruiting services say, because they're, they're often looking at, Oh, he's not big enough or he's not fast enough. Well, I, when I look at a tape, I'm looking at, can he play? Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and, and, and is there upside there? And, and that's, and beyond that, what Michigan is doing is developing guys. And you talked about the transfer portal. Well, we had nine guys come into the transfer portal last year. All nine of them contributed all nine of them, some of them significantly, but all of them contributed in some way, shape or, or form. And, and, and I think a couple of those guys, uh, you know, the, uh, Turner, the place kicker, AJ Barner. I mean, those guys are going to get serious and, and NFL looks, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so uh, it's, it's right now, it seems to me, it's a, 
recipe that that's working for Michigan. So fans don't get too worked up because we're number 18 or 19 in the recruiting portal. I mean, I, our ratings, I would say, don't worry about it. And, uh, and you have the upside that, you know, we're not in the pay for play business. Yes, we may be in the uh, hamburger for play business, but you know, <laughs> which is so much worse. It's so which much, is worse. So, so much worse. Yeah. I think you gotta, I don't think it's, uh, ridiculous for fans to think, man, you got to have some five stars. That I think you you have to have some, but really you can develop some too. So how, I think how many five stars have been in this program the last four years? I mean, yeah, but how many how many Will Johnsons would you take? Right, oh, like, I take them every day. Yeah, and and so so I mean, and JJ McCarthy, like there's. There's a You're certain. Right. I, if we get Bryce yeah. Underwood, I'm going to be happy. Okay, it's not. Sure it's, it's not we'll, all, we'll all be happy. <laughs> yeah. but you have I, to keep it in perspective. Certain positions. You, you do. You yeah. do. And that's 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 my point. So mm-hmm. you do need to get some. Maybe you get some in recruiting, but to to equal those the Ohio States of the world, which Michigan they have surpassed Ohio State, right? And Ohio State is way ahead of them in the rankings this year. Always. How do, you always. Get, how, do you, how do you bridge the five-star gap? Well, you can develop your guys. You can develop your guys better than them, and then you can go get uh, some five-stars in the portal as well. So I was when you say Oluola Watimi was a five-star guy, I would say that. I think I would. Yeah, I would too. Well, he look, was a the, the, the NFL says that. I mean, yeah, right. when, when Michigan leaves the NFL, goes to the NFL. Who's getting drafted more than Michigan players? There, right. I mean. So, there's well, your answer. Yeah, you, you look you have, at the nine they just got, the nine they got last year, all impact guys. And I'm telling you, I think Jay Sean Barham is the best transfer they've gotten so far. So, what yeah. does this class look like if you add Barham, who's in the fold, and then you add a Damani Jackson, who Michigan is in serious play for? Both both those guys right? are five stars, by the way, mm-hmm. who went somewhere, who went somewhere else. And, and and played and got on the field. Now, Demaya Jackson's a different story because he was playing in a terrible defense and they left him out to dry. Um, but those are guys who have five-star talent. And I was thought cornerback and wide receiver are two positions where you really should pay attention to the stars. And Michigan does need to do better with the, um, better with the bag because it's really just about how, how fast can you run. Remember, we got like Darian Green Warren, and everyone was like, that guy's got great ball skills, and what a team player, and we, we love this guy, and everywhere he goes, he's friends with people. Can the guy run? No. Well, he's not going to play. So, I mean, Will Johnson can run. He is as big as he is, he is as talented as he is, he has ball skills like he has, and he can run, and that's what makes him a five-star. You know, Marvin Harrison has all those ball skills. He's a fan, one of the best receivers I've ever seen, and he can run, right? The The things that make you very good at certain positions are very easy to see in recruiting. And that's why those get, uh, those guys get the bag because they're, you can see it, you know, you're, you're investing in something that's going to come through. Now, defensive tackle used to be that way, but Michigan's kind of found a way to find defensive tackles. And I love their line class. So they found positions where you can develop guys. If you take high ceilings and you look at like the guys they have on edge, this, I think, might be the best edge class, maybe one of the best edge classes they've ever recruited. And they don't look like anything right now. And you compare them. So Michigan got 27 recruits this year. Miami got 27 recruits this year. Miami's ranked, I think, third in the country on 24-7. Michigan's down at, what, 16th or something right now. I bet you Michigan's players are going to be better than Miami's players in four years. Come back and find me on December 21st, 2027, and let's look at these two classes and see how they came out. 
But Miami, they went, they got, you know, Justin Scott. He was a guy that Michigan really wanted. They got Elias Rudolph. He was a guy who was committed to Michigan until Miami came down. And I think we ended up even better off. Michigan knows how to go and find these guys. Well, and this is the other part of recruiting, and that's relevant to the portal. You might lose them on the front end when they go for the bag. But when it when it doesn't work and they got to find some place where they're going to get developed, I mean, there's some guys who, who keep looking for the bag. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be a lot of those guys who say, all right, now I got to make the now I got to make the best choice as far as who's going to get me ready. Where am I going to win? Those start to move up. And I'm that's not me disparaging anyone who has money up there, too, because I I get that. And I, I think I think it should be personally. I think it should be something that's that's on the table for recruits, too. And that if I were running a program that wouldn't rule a prospect out for me, what would rule a prospect out for me is if that's all they wanted. If they came in, that's all they want to talk about. They come on and hey, how much money am I going to pay? They don't want to talk. Think about, you know, anything about, you know, development. They don't want to talk anything about academics. It's all about money. Then that that guy's not a fit. But I don't think that it's a, it, it's a, you know, a, a, a characteristic, uh, you know, a poor sign of character that someone is, is talking about money. So I don't want to be, I don't want to come off like that. But the guys who look for the bag first and foremost, a lot of times that doesn't work out. Yeah. And then when they get there and it doesn't work out and they're looking at the portal and they're looking for another place, the, the criteria starts to change. The, the prioritization starts to change a bit more. And if you're a Michigan and you've established relationships with those guys, now you can come back and get them because they're they're talking different. They're thinking different. Uh, the criteria is different. And, and these guys, the clock is ticking. Right. You've got and, a and year two clock, left. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, there's you're always on a sliding scale here. So I don't think Michigan's going to get anybody who's just about the bag. Michigan State gets a couple of those guys, and then they go somewhere else a year later for bag somewhere else. I, I want Michigan competing with Ohio State, with Alabama, with Georgia for these five-star guys that they identify that they want, that they know. And the problem is that Michigan's just not going to throw the money at them up front that the other schools are. And, you know, I, I think you need to understand, Craig, you're going to love this line. I think you need to understand Soviet Russia <laughs> in order to understand this system. Because he's listening. The end, of so, the end of Soviet <laughs> Russia, when they, when, when it was fall, when it was, when the Soviet Union was falling apart, they had a fantastic black market to get any good you wanted. And the black market knew how it functioned. They all they knew where to go. Everyone knew how to function with the black market. And if you were an American company who had gotten in there and was trying to do it legitimately, you were overwhelmed because you you, you didn't. There was no way to operate. You had to go through the black market. And when the system collapsed and all of a sudden people could trade freely, they had to take the old system, the old black market, and turn it into a legit system. They didn't just go to an American system. No one knew how to work in an American system. So we're trying to do this transition right now. The same thing where everything's been black market. This is how they know how to operate. This is the system that they're trying to port over and now make it legal. And Michigan doesn't know how to operate. They're the American company living in this, in this world. Now they've operated in this world before. They know how to save things and whatnot. But the winners in this system are going to be those who know how to do both. 
and Michigan really does not know how to offer. They still don't. They will not offer anything up front. And either the system has to completely change to something that's perfect for Michigan, which I don't think is going to happen, or they just got to learn how to do what Georgia does, learn how to do what Alabama does, where they have pockets of money for certain players when they need to get their cornerback, when they need to get their wide receiver, just to be able to make it happen. And I, that's, that's just a bridge that they will not cross, and I wish they would. I'd like to say this, Sam, for a moment. When I say that Michigan fans are different – that's what I'm talking about, all right? If I wrote my books anywhere else, I'd be talking to you from a secure, undisclosed location in Knoxville, Tennessee. That man <laughs> just gave you five minutes of Soviet history <laughs> before tying it back somehow. Ec- economic history. The yeah. relevant yeah. word there, John, is somehow, which <laughs> is always the, the, the word in this show. That, somehow that, it but made But you get the sense. point. You get the point. It was a black it was, the, it was the big gap in the middle. There's no quite the, the somehow bridge. <laughs> It's not for rookies. I, I, I concede that okay. point. And yet, I guarantee you, the Michigan fan base tracked him on this somehow. So somehow. Seth, Seth and, and the Michigan fans, hats off. <laughs> All right, folks, we need to get to a break. We'll come back on the other side and continue with the roundtable. So stay tuned for that here with John U. Bacon, by the way. Continue with that here on the Michigan a, a Insider. Poor man's Brian Cook. A poor man's Brian Cook. A sports talk 1050 WTKA, the ticket. There, there's the PJ O'Rourke. I'm not a big fan of him, but he can be funny. And and he said the Soviet Union didn't fall apart. They fell apart because uh, the the citizens no longer wanted to wear shoes stitched in Bulgaria, and <laughs> and that that was the real reason. And I think he, he there were there's some there was some truth to that. Not that it worked out particularly well because they've probably gotten worse. Uh, than they ever were. Probably. Uh, I think anyway. it fell apart because they saw how how, how fat and, hot and happy the Americans were living and go, wait, that's not fair. <laughs> well, that, that's right. That's what that was the point. They, they wanted those Italian continentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Hell, they, just, they just wanted American jeans, man. That right, fit. or American jeans. <laughs> that, right. They didn't want this crap. Yeah, and, right. uh, and so, but uh, the party <laughs> has... <laughs> always gone out of bounds there for whatever reason so uh i'm curious uh, you know inquiring minds want to know what kind of what kind of threat you guys think the the chargers are uh to to try to make a run at jim at jim legit uh i got inside sources on that one uh those guys and las vegas especially that's a family thing of course al davis's son those are the two to watch for I've heard the Bears also, but I'm not buying it. Yeah, I don't I'm not think. Yeah, I'm not. But Kevin, Kevin Warren. There, why would you? Why it. would you leave the Big Ten to go work for Kevin Warren? <laughs> yeah, I just I would be surprised. No, I mean the, the the Chargers are the ones that I think would. Well, here they, here's what I can say, and I, I'll repeat this on on the air. Because mm-hmm. um, we we're talking to the people. I don't. So Bakes, we're talking to people in the stream. There are people. You know, all kind of folks. We're not off air right now. We're not Ooh. off air right now. Careful, <laughs> in other words. All right. <laughs> but you can swear. Like Ricky, Ricky move. You can swear all you want. No yeah. problem yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah, you're off radio, so you can kind of say what you want, but you're still talking to people live. Yeah, you're still talking to people live, and so, you know, um, yeah, I think Antonio Pierce is doing a fantastic job, I, and that's the other thing. I mean, his his locker room is going to ride for him. They're responding to him. Uh, I mean. He wouldn't have got a shot any other way. 
And the fact that he is making the most of it, I think they're going to be hard pressed to not give him a chance to be the full uh, time coach. And if you're Jim, I mean, man, I, I just looking at the different situations, I'd rather go to, I mean, the Chargers just need a coach. Like they right. got a squad. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they got a quarterback. They got big time receivers. They have Austin Eckler in the backfield. You look at defense. And we are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTK.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Weintraub on the other side, our last show before the holiday. Want to be back for that. Want to thank all of you for all of your, uh, you know, your words of support. So many posts, texts, direct messages, tweets, calls. Uh, appreciate all of those. We've truly been uplifting. Uh, definitely want to be back in and to share my thanks and my family's uh, gratitude here before we sign off uh, for the holidays and and certainly want to react to signing day and then to talk to the crew, the, the roundtable crew, not only about the recruiting class, which we just did, but also about the Jim Harbaugh dynamics uh, because we see the coaching carousel NFL style has already started to turn as uh, Brandon Staley uh, he met his fate. We we knew it was coming. He was he was the reason that that Chargers team was underachieving. And the Chargers have always been the the squad that I looked at and said, you know, they could be a threat. But Bakes, let's start with you here. Here's what I've heard consistently from every level, and by every level I mean from inside the program, inside the athletic department, and from within leadership, is that Jim Harbaugh has made it very very clear. That this is where he wants to be. That he, not, that he is not Michigan. That he is not going to pursue the NFL, which is different from a couple of years ago when right. he, he pursued the NFL. He pursued actively and openly, right? Yeah, the, the Vikings. So that was different. Uh, now, if they come knocking on his door, he'll listen. Like he listened last year to the Broncos and he turned them down. So, you know, the, the question now is will the NFL, will they knock on his door again? And if they knock on his door again, will they make a more compelling kind of pitch than they made before? And will it make a difference if they do? Well, a few things. Denver's a fine place to live. One of my favorite cities. Um, L.A. I'm not as fond of, but I know they've got roots, of course, in San Diego. They both lived there. It's where they got married and so on. That's Jim and Sarah Harbaugh. So that's not a hard sell for them at all. They've got a place in uh, San Diego. Um, So that's one aspect there on the intangible side. Uh, I think that you read on it, by the way, from what I'm hearing, when you guys talk about recruiting, I just nod a lot because what I know about recruiting comes from you guys already anyway. <laughs> so, but in this case, of course, I do have sources, very good sources. And you read is exactly right that he is not looking. He wants to stay at Michigan, um, but he is not going to be stupid either and paint himself into a corner, nor should he, I think. Um, so I think San Diego is probably or San Diego. LA is probably the best uh, option there. Uh, Las Vegas is still out there due to, of course, um, the Davis family, not due to the opening and so on. I think you read there is right. We also said quasi off the air, apparently, that uh, Chicago, I hear a lot with Kevin Warren at the Bears, but I don't quite buy it for that reason, that I don't see Kevin Warren and Jim Harbaugh having a beer together anytime soon. So <laughs> what did Seth say off the air? Why do you leave the Big Ten to join the Big Ten? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to go work for Kevin and, Warren. <laughs> right. And I, and I get the roots, you know, and Harbaugh's a bear and all that. 
the biggest thing I said throughout the whole process, this is not about the NFL. It's not about the NCAA. It's not even about the Big Ten and Petiti and all that. It is about Michigan. If Michigan shows that they want Harbaugh, he stays. And it's not the number. The number is the easiest part of this equation. Uh, it's the bear hug. And I mean, I don't want to beat this dead horse, but it's not a secret that Ward and Jim are not close friends. I was very surprised to see that Ward Manuel is not at the banquet, the football banquet on Sunday, which is hard to explain. Um, so I don't know if that matters or not, but, uh, but how Hackett, how did Hackett get Harbaugh with Jim? It's never, would he perform more, more money versus less? Sure. We all would. Um, but that's never been the tipping point for him. How he picked the 49ers over Michigan in the first place in 2010, uh, was due to the bear hug. They sent him a box full of gear for his kids, all sized for, you know, all four kids. It was very impressive. How did Hackett get him? He schmoozed him every Saturday night, sincerely. And it was it, they were not the highest bidder compared to the NFL for gym services, but he gave him the bear hug. He wants to be wanted. And he's getting the bear hug from Santa Ono. He's not getting the bear hug elsewhere. And that's a problem. So that that part of the equation is still up in the air. And I don't know how – and I can sincerely say I don't know how it's going to end. I really don't. So uh... – what we heard, tell me, tell me if if you're still hearing that the uh, the the pitch on the table for Michigan is to make him the highest paid coach yes. in the Big Ten. Yeah, fifty five oh. million, five years, five all years. That, yeah, yeah. And, then, and that's not the sticking point, right? So. so, so what I had heard was the sticking point was the um, was the the clause, the uh, the four cause right. clause, right. four cause clause, and so what does the do you have any inkling about what the compromise could be on a four cause clause? Like how, what kind of compromises are there on four cause clauses in college ball? I don't know that you really see them in pro ball, but in college you ball, know. you see them all the time. And so what's the compromise on a four cause clause? Great question. And here we are in uncharted waters because you have prescribed the situation correctly. That the NFL does not have four cause, which only shows that it is an utterly amoral <laughs> institution. <laughs> they don't care about your damn cheeseburgers. They really don't. <laughs> or, or your personal conduct or whatever Urban Meyer does when the team plane leaves. It's none of their concern, apparently. Uh, so that's out in the NFL. Of course, they are uniform pretty much in the in college ranks. Here's where it gets tricky. Two clauses. One is the NFL flirting clause. Uh, you know, can't flirt with the NFL. And then there's the four cause clause. Now the question in both cases, the NFL flirting. Are we talking about can he return the phone call of his friends at the Las Vegas Raiders, the Davis family? Is that flirting or is that just being respectful to an old friend um, versus you know flying to Minnesota or whatever? Uh, for the four cause, are we talking about cheeseburgers or lies about cheeseburgers or whatever the hell the next thing is, sign gate? Um, so all this boils down to two questions. Who defines these things? And who decides if you've crossed that line? And if right now that equation is Jim and Ward Manuel, that's kind of the sticking point. There's just not a lot of, of goodwill here to draw on. So that's an issue. Um, I think if Santa Ono were the guy making these decisions, I don't think Harbaugh would have too much problem. Um, I think that's the issue, that uh, there's just not a great deal of trust between these two right now. Well, I think it's, it's probably fair to surmise that Harbaugh and his bosses uh, have had rocky relationships. 
you know, and I, I kind of like that about him. I, you know, I like the fact that, uh, that an employee gives a hard time to a superior, unlike other people. I think that's how the world should work. I think uh, employees should give a hard time to his superior, especially when maybe they deserve it. And that the, the supervisor should be more gentle with the people he supervise, he or she supervises. And, and that's my vision of, of the world, but it's the opposite of the way the world seems to work, I guess. And so, uh, I don't know. Um, if, if I'm Michigan and want Harbaugh and they seem to want him very much and are willing to pay him, I, I, I put a, a very general uh, provision in that we can fire him for cause, and then define an arbit and then define a neutral and arbitrator who makes a decision on what for cause is, and because the law works best, in fact, when when you're just looking to reasonableness. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, Michigan, I vol I do this stuff. I volunteer. I'll do it for free, you know. I, and and then you can you can you can bring the case to me. And I'll decide if, if there's been a violation based upon a generalized reasonableness standard. Um, because trying to define these things in advance and micromanage language of what cause is only gets you in trouble because you right. always end up with not knowing if, what was intended or if it. So, no, it's, so it's, it's Juwan Howard and the, and the yeah. zero tolerance. Okay. Well, right. what is Even at the time, I thought, watch out because who, you know, you're going to get some yeah. crazy little shade right. of gray. And right now they have one. Right. Um, it, and, you know, how does it tilt? Who? Uh, right. Exactly <laughs> right. You've nailed it, John. You should have you should have finished law school. Or, and, or stayed. Or, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so my, you know, my idea is, you know, a, a general reasonableness provision works fine uh, because then you can talk about, well, what happened? Is it reasonable under these circumstances or what? What once you know all the facts? I mean, for in Jawan's case, we don't even know what the facts are. So, you know, and right. something that I always, point. something that I always harp upon and get garbage from or criticism. We, by the way, we, we all get garbage. That's right. That's not a good so, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think if that kind of fits into having a, an arbitrator. I mean, there was an arbitrator of sorts with, with this whole Jawan Sanderson mm -hmm. uh, deal, as that was, uh, that wasn't, you know, Ward's office who investigated that. That was the, I don't know if, what do you call it? The HR department? Yeah, I think so. So so they looked into it and rendered a, a verdict, if you will. And so they were the ones who ultimately made the decision that no wrongdoing had occurred. Do you have a something similar in place that in a, in a four clause way that can make some kind of a, a assessment or be serve as an arbitrator that would bridge this uh whatever gap this is because like i said i was like how do you well, what is compromise i mean do you just take right. a clause clause out i mean what do you do one of us here is a lawyer and <laughs> uh, supposedly the, the great line from the simpsons when uh the sleazy attorney of course lionel hutz says mrs simpson with all due respect you're not a doctor i'm not a doctor the only one here is even close is dr nick riviera so hey <laughs> <laughs> this guy's actually a mediator is what he does everything you just yeah. said makes sense Ultimately, I mean, every contract, no matter how well you write it, no matter how detailed, et cetera, still boils down to trust. 
at some level that, you know, your word's good, my word's good, that we, we don't want to go to court. Um, the the Juwan Hard case is a good case there. And also, by the way, I agree with you that I don't mind seeing a, an underling, in this case, Jim Harbaugh, uh, being, you know, proactive, aggressive, whatever, with his boss. But I also don't mind seeing an athletic director. I don't like to see the lapdog AD either, um, which is what you Fair see points. in the SEC. Yeah, fair um, where I mean, who thinks Nick? I mean, honestly, what SEC AD is going to stand up to his football coach? Uh, good luck if you try that one. Um, and you, I mean, and certainly Don Cannon was not afraid of Bo Schembechler. He understood that that's where his eggs were, and he gave Bo whatever he needed as a rule. Um, but you can't have that situation where the guy's just a lap dog either. In that sense, I defend Ward. And as you have pointed out repeatedly, Sam, and correctly, that if Ward wanted to get rid of Harbaugh, two and four is a it's teed up. I don't know who fights you at two and four. Uh, so he has done some things that would go counter to this, to that narrative. That's, That's really, really, really good point. Here's Sean. Problem, I, I, as I understand it. Now, when you guys talk about sources, I nod a lot and go back to scrolling two, four, seven, because I don't have a bunch of sources inside. So I, I don't know a lot of the details here, but I do understand that there is a third party that matters a lot to this whole negotiation. That's the NCAA. And if you want to mm -hmm. throw the big 10 in there as well, there is a, I think at this point it's fact that the NCAA and the Big Ten are not going to react to Jim Harbaugh reasonably. And that is a, and that is an issue. And the question is, whose problem is it? Is it Michigan's Ooh. problem? Because the, they belong to the NCAA and they belong to the Big Ten and they have to manage that relationship and they have to sometimes use legal routes. Like other schools have, Tennessee used the legal route, Kansas used the legal route. They also went to their state legislatures and got laws changed so that the NCAA could not do what they wanted to do. Is Michigan willing to do that? That's Harbaugh's question to them. How much are you willing to stand at my back if these people are being unreasonable because they're being unreasonable? Michigan's question to Harbaugh is how much of their being unreasonable is because they hate you, not us. They hate you. And whatever you've done to piss them off anyway. right, is, is, is a problem for us because they hate you. And if we lose you, we'll be fine. So whatever you have to do for them not to be coming after us because of their, their, their animosity towards you, that's on you. And I think that there's both. That's one of those situations where both sides have a very reasonable complaint, and one side who's being completely unreasonable and it's going to continue being unreasonable is a problem. And until they really have an answer for that problem, and I, like, there are two problems: the Big Ten and the NCAA are not the same thing. But until they have an answer for those well, problems, I don't know how they resolve this because you have someone who's going to act unreasonably if we have Harbaugh here. Yeah, I don't know what the answer to that is. Other other than, uh, like we said before, when the the whole sign gate thing broke, is you you start to your posture as far as the Big Ten is concerned, and your posture as far as the NCAA is concerned, it starts to be really really different. Uh, you know, there there has been for as long as I've been paid attention a conciliatory tone. And I mean, you can you can look at it. It responds to the Fab Five. You can look at you can look at it at every turn. Mm -hmm. It's been a conciliatory mm -hmm. tone. And with SignGate, I've started to sense a difference. And I think that's meaningful. And I think it's functional moving forward because what I've seen the 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 programs that have 
been able to beat the NCAA back. And I'm, I would say this probably applies to the Big Ten, too. Mm-hmm. Are those who didn't concede? Yeah. Are those who, who absolutely fought and, 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 and on the merits? Because I, I, to me, when, when you're wrong, this is not me saying if Michigan is wrong, just, you know, just don't admit it. Never, never admit anything. No, don't take responsibility. Right. I'm not saying that. But when you're right on principle, that you stand on that. And I, and I, I think there's a, a way forward where, where Michigan does that. And maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not as uh, foot with football being a part of the Big Ten. Maybe it's not being uh, publicly conciliatory to, hey, we're going to, we're going to, you know, self impose xyz punishment ahead of time maybe maybe the tone moving forward maybe a different tone moving forward elicits a different response uh seth because i think when tony Petiti came in and he was talking about indefinite suspension i think he was shocked when michigan was like man what the hell are you talking about <laughs> yeah i think you're right he expected for michigan to be like okay we're, we're so we're so ashamed We'll we'll do this right now. When Michigan did something different, he responded different. Now again, Michigan still got punished. You're still on the on the receiving end of this, but this is this is just a uh, one another step in the in the path. I don't think we've seen the end game as far as the Big Ten and uh, and Michigan is concerned. People act based off of how they think that they're, uh, people will tell you who they are by how they they expect you to act. People expect mm. others to act like themselves. Okay, I don't think that Tony Petiti was expecting Michigan to roll over on principle. I don't think that he has any principles. I don't think he believes anybody acts on principles. I think he believes in power, that he was coming in with power, that Michigan was coming in with no power, and they were going to have to roll over because of the power relationship. And when you, you say you have to stand on principle in the schools that have done – that have. UNC and Miami were not standing on principles. They didn't have any principles. UNC created fake classes for their athletes. There was no principle there. They they lawyered themselves out of it. Miami had a booster who was going around just throwing money at the players and taking them out to parties and whatnot. They didn't have any principle. They just said, you have no jurisdiction here, and they lawyered their way out of it. Michigan is taking a different stance, and it's blowing these people's minds because that's not how they think. They, th- they don't think in terms of who actually is right. What are the real facts? Who actually has the principles? That is not how they think. They are thinking in terms of power relationships. They are thinking in terms of what can I get away with and what can I get away with. Michigan is in a weird world where people are not acting, this, acting the way that they want to act. All right. Well, All right. listen, that puts us out of time. As you see Ira popping on the screen, if you're in the All stream. Right. Uh, fellas, it's been another fantastic uh, football season. That's not over. You see that rose up there. Going to be out in Pasadena. Can't wait. Uh, next time you hear us broadcasting, we will be, I think it'll be the day before we head out to, to Yeah, Pasadena. so we're going to be on one time next week, next Wednesday, and then we fly next Thursday. And so okay. we'll see you next Thursday. In the meantime, in between time, all you guys have a happy and safe holiday. To all of you in the stream, the same goes for you and all of you listening. Uh, Thanks so much for being on this ride with us. We can't wait to be back with you next week. Until then, happy holidays. We'll see you next week. Good luck, Sam. Yeah, good luck, Sam. Sports Talk 1050 WTK, the ticket, the official voice of University of Michigan Sports, Ann Arbor, Accumulus Station.
written off the NCAA successfully. Phrasing. Phrasing. I'm not doing phrasing today. <laughs>